All right. Welcome, 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 welcome to, to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Oh, we bananagrammed that shit. Boy, welcome, that everybody. Believe it or not, that was unscripted. Unscripted. We usually stick to the script pretty tight on these things, but <laughs> we decided to allow ourselves this kind of let ourselves off the range there a bit yeah yeah that never happens um of course we are here i am chris brady denton host of this here redundant the totally original green day podcast man i was hoping we're gonna swap words on that one yeah that one felt a little less organic i got it yeah in any case Of course, uh, CBD here holding it down with my sweet cousin and uh, co-host Colin Brady over here. Hello Hello there. Hi. I'm doing quite all right. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. How are you? Sure thing. Uh, Yeah, can't complain. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, doing okay. All things considered, yeah. All things considered. Great Mm. show. Oh, NPR. Oh, it is, actually, Mm. yeah. You know, I hated it when I was growing up just because my parents listened to it, really. And then oh, sure. I listened to it not too long ago and realized it's actually a good show. Oh, it's great. Because yeah. they, don't, they don't consider some things. They consider all <laughs> things. And that's what I think makes it a quality program. Uh, similar to the program that I hope you find here, Redundant, the Totally Original Green Day podcast, of course, where we do consider all things Green Day related. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get too much further into things, Colin, I, I know listeners uh new and old welcome but they might not be fully aware because of our high fidelity audio quality mm-hmm. sounding like we're you know recording live in abbey road studios but mm-hmm. i am not in the same room as you and in I fact know. it's mind-boggling it's mind-boggling to even comprehend but i'm down here in los angeles and you're uh up yonder way there in seattle that is that is true yeah it leads me to beg the question how are things in seattle you know, things are great. And, you know, I know that's that's hard to hear. I almost never say that things are great here in Seattle. But um, Wait, because <laughs> they the are. world's ending or because Seattle sucks? Or because I always say the exact same sentence because I don't really, I don't know, it's like ingrained, you know. When someone asks how things are going, you always just answer, oh, it's fine. Or like, it's good, you know. Right. Um, Even but, these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but actually, though, things are good. Uh, longtime listeners will know that I was recently uh, technically, and yes, I do mean technically, homeless, but no longer. Uh, believe it or not, I'm now living in a new home with a couple of my old homies from college. And uh, we have a hot tub, which is wonderful. And we have a bidet upstairs, which, mm. funny story, the first day we moved in, couldn't not figure out what it is and my friend jack uh got down on hands and knees in front of the toilet and inspected the dial and shot himself straight in the face oh my god really? <laughs> it was actually so funny With the, wait so the bidet squirted off on him yeah oh my god <laughs> oh, you it boys great. it was so funny Boys, that's like yeah. a, that's like a real American Pie moment you had right there. I know. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. That never actually happens in real life, but yeah, like a bidet, bidet usually squirts you up your brown eye, not your blue eye. 
you know? <laughs> Ew. Gross. Um, well, you know, anyway. that sounds like a good situation, man. You got yeah. like uh, college, like college late night comedy level uh, humor with your mm-hmm. good bros. Got mm-hmm. a hot tub. Mm-hmm. You know, the possibilities are, are endless. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, yeah, things are things are great up here. But but Chris, I get the feeling you might have some very important news to share with the audience. Oh, I mean, I get yes, yeah, sure. I don't want to make a sure. big deal of it. You know, there's not much to talk about. Mm-hmm. But but I, and essentially, it's you know, it's a it's a weird situation. But I've I've mentioned a couple times in the past my uh, fiance. Mm-hmm. She's my ex fiance now because we did get married. Uh, Yay! In a, yes, thank you. And a, and a very, I want I cannot emphasize this enough. There was a, because of like some family stuff, we had to do it really, really fast, really last minute. We were obviously kind of planning on waiting out the pandemic, but it's, it's so good. It came together this way. It's actually better because but we, we planned a wedding in a very, like in a, in like under two weeks and just the stress of even doing a very small thing. Which, and again, mm-hmm. because of the pandemic, I really want to stress that this was literally five people there, including us. Like, it's, it's socially distanced, masks worn, like, so incredibly careful because we're trying to be responsible citizens and keep everyone healthy. So that blah, blah, blah. Um, but the, the, the even the stress of getting, like, flowers or getting uh, uh, an archway or having the dress thing figured out. God, um, yeah, I can imagine, yeah. Like the pandemic makes everything a lot harder because there's so many more factors to consider. But even just in general, and God bless uh, my, my sweet wife, uh, my wife, Danny, because <laughs> she had to deal with most of it uh, because of the the geography, unfortunately. But I cannot imagine planning a full scale wedding. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I know. The whole thing sounds so stressful to me. I just can't get over it. And like, and it's everything is so much money for stuff that is like gonna, gonna be just okay. Yeah, yeah. Like the costs are clearly just inflated, right? Of everything. Yeah, that's what yeah. I have to imagine when they're like, "Oh, we'll cut you a deal because of the pandemic. It'll only be X amount of dollars." And you're like, "That's you cutting us a deal? Oh, <laughs> well, thank God <laughs> we're not like in full health, full wedding mode because I can't imagine how much this would be." Oh but God, even beyond yeah. that, like having to pick out food to please everyone. And oh, like, there's yeah, just so many that. things that you just go like, oh, I'm so so it was it was a, it's been a whirlwind couple weeks. I'm I'm so unbelievably uh in love and happy and all that blah 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 bullshit. But <laughs> but most of all, I, I am just kind of relieved um not to have to do the full crazy planning. Right, and and yeah. we are, you know, we're planning on having a party when it's safe to do so. And of oh, course, I I, Colin, you'll be there and, and, and our family, everyone, you know, we can, it, it'll be more of a thing then. But just for the time being, it's like, if you're out there and you're engaged and you're like waiting for the pandemic to be over, uh, don't. Just, <laughs> just do <laughs> save it. Save yourself the money, save yourself the stress and just like quick, quick little elopement. I think that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm coming out pro elope. <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of positive things said about about elopement, um, and I also can't wait to present Chris uh, you with my with your ring, your sea glass ring. 
I'm very um, excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which should actually, we t- should we tell that really fast? I I feel like it's kind of a cute story. Yeah. It is. It's a cute story between us. Yeah. My my true soulmate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Chris and I were very young, I don't know actually how young. Probably preteen, right? Or maybe teens. Preteens. We were in college, my man. No way, really? Yes. Yes. Oh my god, I thought this was way longer ago. Preteens. Oh my goodness. I thought this was okay, either way. We were walking down the beach. Who picked it up? I think you you did it first. You picked up a piece of sea glass and you're like, I want you to give this to me in a ring on my wedding day. Yes. I mean I, then, I should add I think we were pretty high. <laughs> What are you talking? I don't know what you're talking about. Our parents I'm, listen to this, Chris. I'm sorry to out us, but I, I feel like for anyone to have any respect for me further, I'm not the type to pick up a sea glass and hand it to someone randomly and give this to me in a ring on my wedding day. I, uh, I just, I feel like it's better if we were high. Fine. Yes. It's a little we were romantic. Def- we were definitely high. We were definitely high. There's no This is why it's that. important we were in college. Like this was our preteens. <laughs> That's a good point. Now you've convinced me that it did happen more recently. Yeah, yeah. No, we were definitely high. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I have not, I have not made the ring yet. But I look forward to creating the ring. Having, but you still have the sea glass. Oh, I have the the sea glass, which is incredible because I, you will ask anyone who knows me well, I lose fucking everything. It is insane, but um, I do still have the sea glass. Truly, and I original. and I love that. And then you found a little. We I think like they're they're little green ones, and you found one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which was like a similar size, and mm-hmm. and and said like back at you, like okay, then you <laughs> yeah. okay, fine, I'll do that. But you gotta give me a ring of this on on I my wedding wait. day. Yeah, that's my biggest my biggest motivation to get married someday. Absolutely. I should hope it's not the wedding ring. It's no. the sea glass ring from my cousin and co-host of this Green Day podcast. <laughs> and that's how I always refer to you, too. It's my cousin and co-host of T- Redundant, the Total Original Green Day podcast. Thank you. My full yeah. title. And I do yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I, and, and it's I, I will say it's amazing. You still have it. I still have it in a little film canister. I was mm-hmm. checked to make sure it's rattling around in there. <laughs> I know. I check um, a lot, too. <laughs> so get get married, buddy. Now you mm-hmm. gotta elope, and I I gotta make you a ring. Oh, don't you worry, don't you worry. Headed that way. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say that. Jeez. Had <laughs> a boy. Just jinxed luckily, it. luckily, Micah doesn't listen to this. this she's, one day she's gonna listen. <laughs> I know. Anyways, it'll yeah. be fine. She'll laugh about it. No, we hope. Should we get rolling? Anyways, on, on enough the, goofs. The proper, enough. the proper uh, subject matter. Yeah, that's enough of our personal BS. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. Uh, but sometimes you just you gotta splurge on yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Treat yourself, if, if you know what I mean when I say splurge. Um, so <laughs> we are doing a little bit of GDN today before we hit into the main topic of the hour. This is Green Day News. <laughs> First of all, I want to shout out and and give my thanks to Tapa Brada on Twitter for sending us this uh, hot little piece of Green Day news. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for reaching out. So, basically, our our boy, our guy, Billy Joe Armstrong, front man of Green Day, you heard, is on the cover of Kerrang, who we were talking about uh, not too long ago with their list of the best uh, Green Day albums. Mm-hmm. And and he they did a feature story on him, and it's really great. It's a whole uh, 
just it's a it's a long interview and uh and then some thoughts on his career and kind of a retrospective it's 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 great you can go mm-hmm. check that out on kerrang if you want to read the whole thing um but there were just a few little quotes that i thought were were interesting uh given our conversations the past few weeks um billy's first little soundbite in the interview is is he's asked how to he would sum himself up colin <laughs> And he, and he says, uh, young man's brain, old man's heart, referencing the uh, Alice Cooper uh, song 18. Uh, oh. and, and I think that's kind of, that's an interest. I, I actually think that's very self-aware of Billy. I appreciate that. And, and I'm he's not kind of sure a, I agree. You think so? Well, he, he goes on to describe it as the, I'm, I'm not still a boy, but not yet a man type okay. mentality. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was think just thinking I, the old man's heart part, you know. Oh, kind of interpreting it as like an old soul type thing. Well, I don't know. It's just like an old man's heart, wouldn't they wouldn't an old man's heart be a little more um wouldn't cheat? <laughs> oh, you're oh, you little I'm sorry. <laughs> Billy Joe cheated on Colin years ago and he just cannot I let can't get over it. it. Up. You cannot let this go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's i think young man's brain old man's heart saying i'm an i'm an older guy but i still i still uh got a young man's brain i act like he's like young at heart i think is what okay saying okay uh, in any case he goes on to talk about father of all motherfuckers their most recent album that kind of uh the release of that birth to this show itself and mm-hmm. that's kind of been a controversial record ever since it was released i think i like it a little bit more than you but yeah, it is I think so. It's, it's all right. definitely different than what we've come to expect from Green mm-hmm. Day. Absolutely. Um, and he talks about how sometimes moving sideways isn't accomplished. His goal is not always to move forward. Sometimes he likes moving sideways. Which is interesting if you look at their career. Uh if that if he has had that in mind. Mm-hmm. Um or if that's just a thing to say in the aftermath of its records reception uh, who knows <laughs> but uh he, he said it was such a different record for us and i think it stuck with people that's what success is to me these days so yeah intro i don't know i don't yeah. know how to interpret that but that is yeah, interesting. interesting um finally he uh talks about being a rock star father which is kind of i thought relevant to our conversation uh a couple weeks ago where we were talking about his son getting into some trouble and yeah, just what it would be like being raised by Billy Joe. It's uh, you know, who knows, but we can only speculate. Yeah. And, and the argument that, you know, rich, rich kids are rich slash famous kids are uh, typically uh, less responsible. We'll say. Yeah. A little entitled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But he, so he was talking about kind of trying to find a balance and he, and uh, quote, he said, it was always tough when I would go on the road and be away from them. It was hard to keep it all together. You know, there were times where I'd be out partying really hard, but I'd also flip the switch and be able to come home and be present and be a decent parent. It was definitely like living two different lives in a lot of ways. I'd get caught up in my own head a lot and maybe sometimes not quite be always available. It was tough. But I was able to get it together, I guess. Hmm. So it's I don't. Not the you, most convincing <laughs> statement. Yeah. I, I just, it does feel like this is something that he is still weighs on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and I'm not surprised. I think that is a very common rock star thing who had you know Definitely. rock stars with kids thing. But uh, yeah, and yeah, so I don't you know I, we were talking about you know him being absent maybe from his kids live. We you know there, there's a, there's no way to explain away anything. Uh, if you want more info, we talked about it for way too long uh, on our episode about swimmers a, uh, a couple weeks ago. But mm-hmm. that that kind of puts a. Uh, a cap on that discussion of, I guess, him kind of addressing being a father and a rock star and from mm-hmm. the horse's mouth, as it were. That's uh, the whole Kerrang article is pretty great if you want to check it out. Uh, Colin, I think you saw some other cool GDN as well. I I just saw a couple of very very tiny tidbits. Um, I uh, one story I saw was Green Day is nominated for Best Rock at MTV VMAs, which is occurring in late August. Um, is that for Father of All or for a specific? Uh, I believe it's just. I, I don't think it's just like a general category. Oh, I, that's I'm right. Really, it's MTV. You're right. Because I so think they're weird. just like they nominate the artist. Yeah, yeah, for exactly. That year. It's like just the yeah. artist in general. It's not really anything else, which which is super weird. But um, either way, yeah. So check that out if you're if you're going to be uh, interested in the VMAs. And then, um, more importantly, I don't know if it's more important, but I thought no, it was it super, it super is. funny. But if anyone's a big fan of The Sopranos, James Gandolfini, I think is how you pronounce his name. Gandolfini? Yeah. yeah. James so Gandolfini his, from The Sopranos. He's apparently just a fucking massive Green Day fan. And there's all these stories about like crew members saying he would like sing like lyrics on set and like he would like replace lyrics like talking shit about the the uh, producers of the show sometimes if he was upset um but like replace green day song lyrics and then most of all his dog's name is dookie apparently after the uh famous 94 green day album i love that i i think it was uh yeah cuz he passed in 2013 which sucks but he oh uh, i didn't even know that yeah, but of yeah. course he's he's Tony Soprano, like on one of the mm-hmm. greatest shows ever, and I I loved I loved <laughs> picturing him blasting Green Day in his in his trailer <laughs> while like these masterful scenes, some of the best like scenes in television, especially at that time, and he he walks away from like strangling a guy with like a Garrett wire or whatever, and he goes back and do you have the time to it's just that's un, that's so funny I love that. <laughs> Oh, it's precious. I would love. Yeah, I'd pay. More. I'd pay to see a video of that for sure. No kidding. Uh, so hey, you know what? Green Day fans come come from all stripes, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about our our the main amount of business today, my sweet let's, boy? Please, please, let's mosey on over to let's the EPs on. of the week. EPs of the week. Mm. We of course are talking about the long shot EPs. We reviewed their full length album, uh, you know, a month or so ago. You can check that in the feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was "Love Is for Losers" or "Losers," as we uh, <laughs> like to have a little fun around here. But they long shot, which is Billy Joe's side project, also released three EPs that very same year. Yep, big big deal. Um, there were. Uh, I think it began with the Bullets EP, um, followed by Razor Baby and uh, Return to Sender. I I think, well, actually, let's see here. Because, yeah, so Love is for Losers was was April 20th, 2018, Mm -hmm. 420, bro. (laughs) And then (laughs) he released 
I actually, I'm just because I'm looking at this. I think he posted it on. He released it through Instagram. Mm, uh, okay. Billy Billy Joe said, "Hey, I just put up three EPs on SoundCloud. Original, some oh. covers. I did my garage. I did in my garage in a couple songs from these paper bullets. Uh, the play, rock out and freak mm-hmm. out. So I think it was all on the same day. Oh, okay. It was just like at once. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, my bad. Yeah, That's and it cool, kind of does. It does make sense though, because all each EP has its own." sort of theme to it which is is sort of interesting um yeah and yeah i guess we can i mean they're kind of uh like you go three eps oh wow that you know that must be a lot but it is uh uh, there's just a lot of stuff from past projects and kind of exactly yeah it's it's, covers and yeah which is great Mm -hmm. um but i I, it adds up to a full album to be fair yeah it's like the long shot does x y and z yeah you know like it's not really a lot of uh like i don't know like it's it, it just doesn't feel we, we'll get into it why what am i doing we'll, we'll get into it right now <laughs> <laughs> um let's just start with the way it's i have it here on spotify which is bullets mm-hmm. razor baby and return to cinder so let's start with uh bullets sounds good yeah um so the bullets ep starts with uh give it all to you that's right. Which is um, from these paper bullets, which I think you you mentioned a few minutes ago. Yeah, th- that was a, I, and I wasn't even really that aware of this uh, work until recently. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a play that Billy wrote the music for, and the whole point of it is it was kind of, uh, it's like co- combining uh, London and the Beatles in the 1960s, and mm-hmm. Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. So it's oh, this. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, it was. I think it was. It ran off Broadway and toured a little bit, and and. Yeah, so it, I mean, and it didn't end up going any further, as far as I can tell. I don't think it ended up uh, generating enough interest to do other productions or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Billy wrote all of these songs for it that are supposed to be like faux Beatles songs. Yeah, which I didn't realize when I first listened to this this EP. But once I saw saw that Chris wrote that down, I was it just made so much sense because these sound just like the Beatles, both of them. Yeah, it's like intentionally derivative of like the early Beatles, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. you can. It's so clear, which is anyone fun. Hears it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I love the Beatles, so like I clearly like this. But yeah, it it's definitely feels like you've heard the each of these songs before for sure. Yeah, because that's, I kind of gets into my feeling about this holy p which is very short but it's like i feel like if i would want to listen to the something like the beatles i would just listen to the beatles that's fair that's fair i can understand so i appreciate the beatles don't have a big enough discography dude there's not enough beatles songs out there (laughs) yeah but this is so i don't know it's it's really cool that billy can put on all these different styles Mm -hmm. this just doesn't interest me um, enough to really seek it out outside of discussing it here you know yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Those feelings, uh, spoilers. These those feelings kind of extend to this next and final song, uh, track two, "Keep Me Satisfied." 
which again is very clearly another this was this was for the uh, these paper bullets show but my my big feeling about this is this is the exact same progression as that thing you do by Adam Schlesinger uh, from the movie that thing you do which is also about a faux Beatles like band Okay. And I don't Billy think I has, know it, actually. Billy has recently covered that thing you do on his uh, No Fun Monday series. Oh, that's right. And okay. it's a great song, but this is al- almost like him ripping off the ripoff. And then later he decides to go back and cover it, it because he's like, oh, that was better than what... Like this, He already is... Uh, I don't know. This is like Inception. It's like so many levels deep of ripping mm-hmm. off. <laughs> when you're ripping off the ripoff. Right. Which I, I think it's a common theme. I think we've talked about it a lot in, in various albums and EPs and whatnot that the Green Day, and I guess probably Billy Joe specifically, is very into, uh, depending on your perception, either honoring other bands and, and genres or just ripping them off. Yeah. Um, I like this song. It has a cool harmonica thing at the end. And uh, I mean, both the songs are kind of, you know, about long lost love and i don't know they're fun like very very and that's the thing like lyrically there's not a lot there because it's just meant to evoke it mimic the early 60s beatles pop very kind of uh not not a lot of room for like a a ton of expression from billy it's also written for a play about these other characters so yeah there's many different veils on these it's that part is interesting i i I think the story of them is more interesting than the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I mean, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? That Colin? That's kind of it. Not for really. Bullets, like, right? I, 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 yeah. I don't think there's much to say about them. But I, I don't think they're bad. I think they're well written and everything. But I agree that they are. They're basically just ripoffs of, of classic rock. And I guess we're talking. We're, we called this an EP. It's technically a single. That's uh, what I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah. But whatever, it's fun to have three EPs. Um, yeah, and and then I did want to mention before we move on to Razor Baby that this I I think I forgot to mention that the last time the first song off Love Is for Losers mm-hmm. uh, that was also originally written for the These Paper Bullets musical. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. And that one does also sound in the same ballpark, very Beatlesy. So that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. I just wanted to right. mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was listening to the These Paper Bullets soundtrack, which has never been released, by the way, that's what that's oh. what's interesting about Billy releasing these. Is is this the first official versions of these songs that have ever been officially uh, publicly released? Because the soundtrack for the play was never put out. So I was listening to like a, a cast recording that someone had filmed on YouTube. One of the songs uh, is, I think, called this or er, "Break You Broke My Heart." Is exactly the same as "Stab You in the Heart" off of "Father of All Motherfuckers." Oh, yeah, yeah. Which it's not is not exactly uh, the best song. No, and I think if I don't know if you remember, but that was that's actually my least favorite song on on phone. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't remember being particularly about that one either, but. Um, but it's, it's got a slightly different lyrics, but the, that's the, and I don't know if that just lends any more context to that song. It also mm-hmm. begs the question, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this, Colin, like, what do you think about Billy recycling these songs? Cause, cause with the, the long shot, th- this little single release, I don't, it's kind of a fun, it's harmless 
you know? Yeah. That doesn't yeah. affect me. But to bring but when that it's green stuff day. over to a Green Day record, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not crazy about that as an idea. Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess at first when we, we were talking about this lack of originality, I, I wasn't so bothered by it. But the fact that we've talked about it so many times and in so many episodes and starting to get to me a little bit, you're right. I'm starting to think like maybe Billy's not as original as I once thought or hoped. Or not anymore, at least. I think it used to be a lot more. Well, it's not. It's not even that. I I almost feel like it's it's more late. That's the what bugs me is that it feels lazy. Right. I mean, do, don't those go hand in hand though? Originality and laziness. Lack I, of yeah, you're right. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess those are probably two heads to the same coin. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I don't like I know so much of music is derivative, and so like I I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to fault Billy that it's it's just that i guess when as a green day fan i i appreciate all the side projects and all the mm-hmm. the cool extras we get but like when it comes for daddy to sit down and like make supper for the family in the form of a green day <laughs> album like i want my belly full with the best prime rib uh, that daddy can make you that's know that's fair that's very reasonable yeah and i i agree you know and, and i feel like compare, daddy's giving me leftovers <laughs> i mean you could you compare like father of all and um you know american idiot right like i think both of our probably favorite green day album like yeah sure clearly clearly the effort put into both of those is so drastically different it's absurd you know um yeah I so agree. yeah, I, I guess when I think about it that way, it does it does irk me a little bit for sure. Like why, like Billy, why can't you just like sit down and like do the same shit you did before? Yeah, because I feel. Well, I mean, and it's just. Yeah, there's nothing else to say. Completely, it's just. <laughs> I just really didn't like. Stay. That's the thing. If it, had, it, it, it is, I'll, and for everyone who's listening and being like, "Oh, shut up, guys," I will say, just to note some hypocrisy in in myself. If it had happened to be like one of the songs off Father of All that I really liked, I probably wouldn't be feeling this way. It, <laughs> it just happens to be that it's the one song on that album that I always skip. I really don't yeah, care for. That's true. And then I find out that that's like a leftover. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that kind of bugs me. That's a good thing to say, too. You're right. Because like I'm thinking like Meet Me on the Roof is probably my favorite on that album. Right. And That's a good one. And it's a great song, but at the same time, like you think about that song and really it is like very, it's not copying any song that I'm aware of, but it is very, um, derivative of a genre. The essence of, yes. And I hear, I I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun to hear Green Day do that, but you do kind of want them to produce work that stands on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Within their own voice. Anyway. Now that we've now that we've pissed everyone off who's listening, uh, let's, <laughs> let's let's move, move on, on yeah. to sweet. The, this is an actual EP. No one, no one could come at me for calling this an EP. So don't mm-hmm. even try, okay, buddy. Jeez. This is Razor Baby. Uh, what's that first song? Fever Blister. Amen. Let's give it a listen.
So this is a pretty intense song. It, to me, it sounds like very early Green Day in the sense that it's like both instrumentally and lyrically because it's instrumentally it's just very fast and kind of like grating a little bit. Um, it's it's kind of reminiscent of like Insomniac, something yeah, off that. Record, actually, yeah, right? like when they're trying to be punky, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and lyrically, it's just about like being disgusting and hating yourself, basically. Yeah, big time. I mean, yeah. it feels because it, it's called Fever Blister. It, it, I mean, it describes being like disgusting outwardly, kind of reflecting you being disgusting inwardly. Yeah, if yeah. that makes if that's words. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I, I mean, it feels like a very dramatic song about herpes. Yeah, honestly, like, like the most dramatic song about herpes. It's funny you say that because I thought the same thing, and then I was like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm interpreting it too literally. But like, maybe it is. With, there, with lyrics like, "Someone dropped a bomb on my face. I think it's best left if you just <laughs> blow me a kiss." Yeah. Uh, there's poison in the well that I drink. Everybody panic because I'm going extinct, and I look so repulsive. That does. So, yeah. That does uh, sound exactly like it. I just I wonder if Billy maybe caught something on the road, and uh, yeah, yeah, or or just you know, no one likes a a, a blister on your face. No, it's gross. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, there's like lyrics like my mom. I can't. My mom doesn't like me because I look like a corpse or something. It's it oh, gets true. in there. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> so mu- I, I like it musically, uh, and I'm fascinated by it lyrically. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's interesting i will say that i think it's somewhat interesting i i overall i don't particularly like it though i'll be honest I, it's not like i'm gonna put it on almost ever but well that's true and and back to the 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 i'd rather listen to the beatles thing i would if i'm gonna listen to this i'd probably rather just listen to insomniac or something like that. yeah exactly or yeah 39 smooth even sure oh yeah sure yeah uh but it's you know not not the worst thing in the world so whatever yeah uh, the next one, uh, Sweet Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. Raise a baby. Um, I actually, I do like this song a lot. It's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. I, I feel like the, the vocals are strangely distant, first of all. Um, I don't know how he recorded it, but it just sounds kind of strange to me. Um, and I really dig the like slow but catchy melody, too. But uh, and, and then I also, last thing, is I also, I feel like it's another example of Billy writing about like strong women, which I think we've talked about in the past. Um, he has a series of songs in, in that vein, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear that and I appreciate all that, but the, the only thing I could think <laughs> when I heard this was this is, and it is, and I'm sorry, it's true, this is a slowed down version <laughs> of Last of the American Girls off mm-hmm. of 21st Century Breakdown. 
The, yeah. The, the melody, the progression, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's honestly like, feels like a demo for what Last of the American Girls would eventually become, which is like a yeah. faster, better song. Yeah, and now that um, you say that, I, I do hear it for sure. I just, yeah. It's just like, enough yeah, different Put on the song and sing along Last of the American Girls, anybody, and it's uh, very apparent. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, similar to Fever Blister almost, this feels like Billy going back to the well of sounds and things they've kind of done before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I'm, again, I'm glad this isn't on an album. It's just an EP, so you're allowed more leeway in your releases, I think. But I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly noticed... Lyrically, though, you're kind of talking about it's like a... I, I, I don't know if it's an empowered woman. I think it's a troubled woman. Maybe, certainly. maybe. I think it's about cutting. That's why she's a razor baby, and she's she cuts herself. And I, I, I mean, lyrically, it, it kind of feels like there's maybe abuse from her father or something mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on that? I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from now that I hear it, but I did not even think about that until you said it. Um, I don't know. But, she... I guess now that I'm reading through the lyrics, I do see what you're saying. Because like the, the end of the hook is like she's happier with a knife. Yeah. Like she'd be happier right. with a knife than with me. Type see, thing. I couldn't make out that line, actually. That line I kind of ignored pretty much. And I, I just I just heard, and she's happy. And then the next line I thought was something, something, love a knife. Um, but now that I'm reading more of it, yeah, she has imaginary girlfriends. Someone that can share her pain. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. That I don't mind that. I think it's it's cool to have songs about all different types of you know problems that people are going through. But mm-hmm. my big problem is ripping off Last of the American Girls. Oh That's that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's all there is to say about that one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, you can cut yourself, you can drink, you can take pills. I'm not going to judge. I've got my problems. <laughs> that was a, that was an excellent transition. Um, the next track here is I've got my problems. Kind of a familiar opening. It is, yeah. To, I was to, it almost reminds me of stuff off the trilogy, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, kind of bland, to be honest. Um, the the opening lyric is "I want to be a girl like you." Mm-hmm. Dead bubble gum to big league chew. And, and I don't, I don't know if the rest of the like musically, I don't think this is that interesting of a song. Yeah, no. Uh, I think the chord progression is super boring. And again, I think but. similar to the, the other songs we've seen on here, it feels redundant. Hey, hey, what are you listening to? Redundant, <laughs> that's the name of the show, of other Green Day things they've already done in the past. Mm-hmm. Other other projects. But the lyrics are the part, like, uh, I want to be a girl like you. I don't, I, who knows what that means, but that's certainly... Uh, 
kind of a cool and interesting first lyric. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but that was, that's the only part of the song that actually interests me, is him kind of maybe expressing some curiosity about gender and, you know, mm-hmm. who knows. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, and I, I haven't thought about that at all, um, but I, I think you're you're right. That's all I can think about because this song is so boring. <laughs> exactly. That's what it comes down to. Is I think this song is so boring. I can't even think of anything to say about it. It's just, eh, meh. Actually, the word boredom is used in this song a bunch of times. It's kind of ironic. Because uh, it's so boring. Because <laughs> yeah, it's so boring, yeah. That's not the well, word, but you know what I mean. I, I sure yeah. do. And uh, yeah. uh, up next, this last song to close us out on the Razor Baby EP is a song called Southern Girls. Mm-hmm. It's a, a cover of a Cheap Trick song. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because this is the only song that I actually like on this EP. I was just going to say. Listen to more. Mm hmm. I have my issues with the lyrics, but I actually find the the music really fun. It's like really catchy and, and interesting. Yeah, it's a vibe, right? It's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'll be honest, I haven't heard the original either. I'm not sure how similar it is, but um. I, I listened to it earlier. It's not that different. Oh, okay. um, which is cool. Like it's a it's also a vibe. So mm-hmm. this is a this yeah. is a very faithful cheap trick cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just like the lyrics are like it's. It's very much like the women are unachievable objects. Yeah, that song. I that's what I was gonna say. Like lyrically, this is kind of a cringy one for me overall. Like, like they talk about, uh, like I've been to California, but like I kind of I prefer the Southern girls because they're. Mm-hmm. Is it like easier, or it's there's there something that he just loves about the Southern girls? So I don't know. I'm I again, I don't I'm, know. I, we're, I'm in California, and I. I don't go to the South much. It strikes me as one of those songs they write just so that when they go to the South to play concerts, they can play it and be like, oh, see, like, we we get you guys, get you, you know, we vibe with all of you or something. I feel like this is like a groupie gatherer back then. Exactly. The That's a good phrase, yeah. And it reminds me of, you know, something like California Girls or Back to the USSR, or like any of the, like, thousands, millions, whatever, of songs that are, like basically about this like girls are from a specific geographic place you know That's there so are funny. a lot of songs that are written about that kind of shit it's weird and you think those are just written so that you can show up when you're touring in that place you can play it pretty much yeah, and just honestly. be like ladies yeah come with me did you, did you hear what i played up there that was for you sweetie uh yeah who knows I, and again, it's not their song, so I, we can't really fault uh, them. I, That's they, true. I mean, yeah. Billy chose to cover it, but I think it's a cool cover. Like I, it's a good cover. Yeah, don't get me I wrong. I could chill out to this for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, who knows? Who know? Anyone from the South, please write in and tell. Is it? Is this? Is there something we're missing here? 
<laughs> about these southern girls let us know that's that's yeah. the end of of that ep colin mm-hmm. i'm okay yeah. with that i'm okay with i'm okay with it being the end yeah <laughs> i'm okay yeah. with that uh, the the final ep we got here by the long shot is re- called return to sender mm-hmm. and uh just before we even start i feel like we should mention that it is it is comprised entirely of covers this one Yes. And based on what we all know of the long shot, I think we can guess the the style of music they're going to be going for. Yeah, not a lot of surprises, but some fun covers for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I actually I do like it. Um, might and, be my and, favorite of these EPs, actually. You know, spoiler or whatever here, but definitely me too. Yeah, uh, it's, track one here of us. This coverama is so sad about us. course is the uh 1966 song by the who and that was off the album a quickie or a quick one pardon me (laughs) is that a quick one while she's away a quickie uh a quick (laughs) one a quick one while she's away and Mm -hmm. just reading i mean i think this is a faithful cover it's immediately recognizable and uh just reading up more about the song itself this has uh people have said that this is likely the most covered song from that album and it is one of the who's most covered songs period wow yeah i didn't realize that i don't really know this song very well i've heard it before but it's not i i've never considered a very popular one i guess i mean it's cool yeah i'm I'm not huge into the who i like i've listened to their records but i don't Mm -hmm. revisit often yeah but this immediately just sounds uh of its time and of uh a certain style of music and i think yeah it's not that far off from green days uh, i say green day but you know billy joe's strengths Mm -hmm. so i think it works yeah Um, amg said about this song it's a archetypal who song that hundreds of bands have based their entire careers off of that yeah that seems like a really big statement to me i I mean maybe that's true but like this sound i I didn't realize like this 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 sound vibe you know and, and I'm sure so. if, if it wasn't for this, we wouldn't eventually get Green Day, you know? Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. All Overall, right, fuck, it's, fuck it's, you then. Fine. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't like you know completely grab me or anything. Um, I do think the guitar is pretty cool, and and I like that it goes off on its own melodies. Um, but overall, it's pretty repetitive to me. You know, I, I guess it gets just boring is all. Old, you know, it's an old song. They, they didn't. If you settled down to listen to a song, you wanted your money's worth. Okay, so they could repeat it up. And you know what? You know what? You've ruined this. You've ruined this for me. Let's move on. I'm so sorry. Uh, track two is "Can't Make It on Time." Mm. Can't make it on time. I can't hurry and you can't 
This one I, I you can't ruin for me. Don't even try, okay? Because this is a cover <laughs> of the Ramones. Uh, this is off their 1980 album, End of the Century. Oh boy, I oh, I no. hate to say it, but I don't really care for the Ramones in general. God, fucking their damn whole it. style oh, of music shit. is so boring. Colin, it's it's like exactly what sh- I think is boring about rock. You, know? you should have told me. You should have told so me before sorry. we started doing this podcast. <laughs> I should. I ask everyone I interact. I say, "Do you stop? Do you like the Ramones?" And then we proceed based on their answer. But I didn't. I trusted you. Oh, unbelievable! Who am I? Because uh, I, I love the Ramones. Billy Joe loves the Ramones, and they both boring. S- they're fast and oh boring. That's what it comes down to. Okay. Well, you're you're slow and boring. So how's that feel? <laughs> <laughs> eh, eh, it's okay. I, I think. I think. Billy and this and the Ramones type music is very similar and it's a natural fit for a cover. Mm-hmm. So like this this sound this is almost too faithful a cover where I someone who's not such a fan could maybe not even distinguish it from the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, I think mean, that's I get what you're just saying. a testament to how much Billy Joe loves the Ramones. Yeah, yeah. Um, the rhythm is fun, you know, I like it and and uh, I can certainly relate to the the sentiment. I I'm one of those people who's just fucking late to everything. It's so frustrating. You're chronically late. Chronically late. It's a condition. I've been it's diagnosed. A, yeah, you people are sick. Yeah. I'll tell yeah, you one thing. My my wife, she's chronically late. And really, I, I didn't know that. I, oh gosh, that surprises me actually. The, the I I won't say the only fights we get into, but I would say the only consistent fights we get into. Because <laughs> she is a chronically late person, Jesus. and chron- chronically late people drag the rest of us down. I mean, it's true. I feel really bad about it. I'm, I'm like desperately trying to be better, but it's hard. You know, it's like it's so instinctual for us, us chronically late people. Well, here's the thing: I have chronically late tendencies. I could, if I stopped going to meetings, I could be chronically late like that. Okay, buddy, but I, I go to the meetings, I work the steps, I put in the time and the effort, all right? And you chronically Fuck. late people, you just you just take forever and, and you don't care about nothing. And I'm like, this is your family event. I, so you sorry. should be the one rushing me. Why am I t- trying to get you out the door? <laughs> wow, wow. It sounds like there's a backstory to that. You chronically um, late people. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, you know what? I'm I changed so my sorry. mind. Can't make it on time. I don't like it anymore because you're right. I can't, <laughs> we can't sympathize with these people. Fair enough. Fair enough. And on behalf of all the chronically late people out there, I'm so sorry to all of you on time. I'm people. so sorry five minutes away, but you're really 20 and you know that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've said that so many times in my life. I feel so guilty. Oh, oh God! Jeez, you 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 need to. You, the first step, Colin, is admitting you have a problem. So this is. Oh, big. I know I have a problem. I've admitted okay. it for a long time. It doesn't seem to help, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if you you keep being chronically late, uh, the time I goes by. I don't want to. I don't the, want. Oh, okay, here we go. I'm I'm doing transition here, Colin. I was going to say My as bad. time goes by, as the tears go by. <laughs> and that, of course, would lead us to track three as tears go by the next song on the Return mm. to Sender EP. Here we go. 
Now, this is probably my single favorite song on all three of these EPs. I love this song. I love the original. I love this one. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, uh, a Rolling Stones song. Oh, yeah. Should have said that. Yes. And it, uh, <laughs> from 1964. Oh, my God. The guitar is just gorgeous. It's just perfect. Um, and, and, and his yeah, voice sounds great. It's about feeling great. like your life is over and watching like kids start theirs. What's that? Oh, I used to say, and Billy's voice sounds great. It does. It really does. Yeah. Nice reverb. Uh, cool. I, I I agree with you. I really like this cover. It reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of uh, the the closer on Love Is for Losers, the uh, uh, Goodbye to Romance, the Ozzy Osbourne oh, cover. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. These these slow rock ballads are uh, Billy really excels at. He kills them. Yeah. Despite I feel his, it's like, funny because I feel like it's not really what he likes actually, but you know every now and then he'll give us one and and it's beautiful. I think he like likes them, but he always feels like he has to have a balance. Yeah, um, maybe. But I, I love, I love. He should release a solo album called Billy's Ballads, and I would buy it, <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I would so buy that. Oh my god. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool I craft. remember first hearing this on uh, the House series finale. I don't know if anyone else. Oh no way. Knows <laughs> that? Yeah, it's super funny that the, just immediately what I think of when I hear the song still though. The original. The Rolling Stones what? version. The, the Rolling Stones yeah, the, version. Yeah, the right? original version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool fact about the Rolling Stones version, um, this is one of the first original compositions that uh, Mick Jagger and uh, Keith Richards wrote together. I and, did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. And it, like, because before that, they'd been like m- mainly like covering American blues R&B. Right. And, and they were more of like a kind of a touring band. And mm-hmm. their producer, uh, or um, I think their manager locked them in a room together and said like you need to write a song and like essentially like not about sex like we know you rock and rollers like right and so they wrote this like really sweet song about longing and missing sex probably but not sex and specifically and that's what's so important about it uh, so it's kind of it's it's cool that and i'm sure billy knows that story and appreciates it that this is almost the forming of one of the great songwriting mm-hmm. partnerships in rock history yeah, absolutely. And and sometimes uh, the tears go by, Colin, because someone is a million miles away and you're missing them. <laughs> eh, that was all right. Yeah, well, these are all um, sincere. They're no fun. But uh, yeah. uh, track four is a million miles away. Mm-hmm. Friday night, I just got back. I had my eyes shut. This is a uh, Plimsolls cover, uh, who I'd never actually heard of before. Before I heard this cover of it, um, I'm not it's... super familiar with them. Like I know of them, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know a ton. 
Yeah. This is from 1983 off of their album Everywhere at Once. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a fast beat and a fun song overall. I think. Um, yes, it's a huge hook. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a beautiful like at the end of every line, pretty much. There's like this great guitar line that I think is is super fun to listen to. It's like the the guitar singing with the the vocalist, you know, well, yeah, with like, Billy, I guess. It's like the the call and response cuz like there's no backing vocal, but it's the guitar is like his backing vocal. Yeah, uh, yeah, which I think is super cool and underutilized overall. Great. Yeah. And it's cool thinking cuz you know Billy played all these kind of just recorded these himself doing all the parts. Mm-hmm. So it's cool it's cool hearing Billy do this guitar work that in Green yeah. Day he doesn't do this complex stuff uh, as much. Yeah, that's cool. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I think that's a very satisfying cover, and a, yeah, and, a, and like a very satisfying pop rock song. So agreed, agreed. Power and uh, yeah, and lyrically, it's about like visiting. I think it's like a visiting like the locale where you had like a former love, you know, which I think is sort of fun, very nostalgic, and uh, you know, is it further than two thousand light years? <laughs> that's the real question million is it miles million or miles 2,000 light years for, I mean I think a million is bigger than 2,000 but light yeah, years yeah but 2,000 light years though you're right like my we need to get the okay any mathematicians or, or you're the scientist you should do this but yeah no light years is way further 2,000 um, light years uh, yeah it's uh, way further one light year to one mile and then we can I'm sure it's <laughs> I'm sure it's much further yeah. So and that's and that's Billy just flexing on these guys, being like, "I know bigger numbers than you." <laughs> or whatever. Definitely. But I mean, Billy can flex like that because at the end of the day, he is rock. You know, he is <laughs> rock and roll, and that's kind yes. of what leads us to the last song on this EP here. Uh, I am rock. A winter's day in a deep and dark December. This is a beautiful song. This is a Paul Simon composition. Mm-hmm. And and he wrote and released this in 1965. And then most people know it because he re-recorded it for Simon and Garfunkel on the album Sound of Silence, mm-hmm. which is a classic. Obvious. Yeah, we all we all know it very well. And I, if it, if I love know. I love Simon and Garfunkel. And I, it, it's it's funny because this song you every anyone who's a Simon and Garfunkel fan will know is I am a rock because that's mm-hmm. the lyrics I am a rock, but Billy kind of being the funny jester that he is changed it to I am rock because he is our Jesus <laughs> and he's like owning his rock god status. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that, Colin? Yeah, I think I thought it was funny. Um, Me too. I. I Overall, I like the song, too. Uh, I had actually... I mean, I've definitely heard it before, but I'd kind of forgotten about it. I guess it's not a standout Simon Garfunkel track for me. Um, but it's good, you know? And I, I went back and listened to the original after this, and I like both quite a bit. Um, thought it was a bit slower than I'm used to with, with Billy Joe. 
And uh, yeah, lyrically, it's it's good. You know, it's about shunning interpersonal relationships because they inevitably hurt. You know, it's a classic. Honestly, like the OG emo a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Like, cause this is, I was reading, I was just like, this is the most cynical human being. Yeah. yeah. No friendships. And like, I, I only like my poetry will take care of me cause it will never leave type. Like, yeah. Stay in your room. Um, yeah. I, I really like it. I mean, it's a, it's a great character mm-hmm. and a song yeah. and, and Paul Simon's so good at writing these unbelievably uh, deep and, and three dimensional characters in his three minute he songs. Is absolutely yeah definitely and, and I, as i said a, a few weeks ago i think like whenever i hear billy joe cover a song it's just like i love like i love it you know so i think he mm-hmm. does a great job of this yeah uh, and yeah. i love the simon and garfunkel version obviously too but then this is just fun to hear mm-hmm. my favorite musician cover it cover a great what, what, how, who can complain but yeah all in all that's that's a good a good ep you know it's all covers but but i think they're excellent I mean, I, I think of what we've talked about so far, that is the most effective. It's yeah. just him doing the covers. Definitely. Definitely. And you just appreciate his musicianship and, and covering them, his voice. And yeah, yeah. Singing these great classic melodies. And because mm-hmm. uh, the other, I think everything else is kind of a little half-baked. Yeah, personally. that's fair. That's fair. And the more you point it out, too, the more I am irritated by the, the lack of originality factor, I think. Um. So with covers, it's not like he's trying to act like it's his, you know? Right. Yeah, because like as far as I'm concerned, Keep Me Satisfied is just a precursor of him eventually covering Love Me Do. Because mm-hmm. it's it's the same song, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so that doesn't interest me at all. But then hearing him just be up front and be like, I'm covering Simon and Garfunkel, I was like, oh, yeah. fuck yeah. I'll show up for that every day. That's awesome. <laughs> Last uh, thing before we do like kind of a, a, our little retrospective on the long shot is mm-hmm. we didn't we talked about it on the ordinary world episode which you can check out uh if you mm-hmm. haven't heard that or us talking about billy joe's acting uh not debut but his as the first time as a lead in a film certainly in the movie mm-hmm. ordinary world uh we talked about this song which was in it the devil's kind mm-hmm. but uh in 2018 billy joe released the devil's or sorry just devil's kind not no the Mm-hmm. as a single alongside everything else. Uh, and I thought it'd be cool to talk about that because I, I think this is a, a great song. It is a great song. I mean, honest, well, let's listen to it actually. Yeah, let's start it yeah. off. I think it's a great progression 
I, I mean, I mean, the energy is is infectious. I think too. Yeah, it is. It doesn't. It doesn't remind me of anything else in his catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, it does in that it's it's kind of it's Billy Joe, so it is going to be of his essence, you know, type thing. Yeah. But the I'm not hearing another Green Day song. I'm not hearing yeah. Yeah. a cover of someone else. It just feels like yeah. its own thing. And I, despite how simple and kind of uh, it, to the that's point the it thing. is, yeah, it's so simple and yet it's so catchy. Like especially the the strumming pattern, which I don't say yes. that often, but the it's like the rhythm is great. That part that goes dun dun I love that too. Um, yeah, it's I, I I I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think this is my favorite long shot song. I was gonna say the exact same thing actually. I think it's yeah far and away too. It's like not really anything else is very close to it, but. And I think I think Billy knows that too, you know. Like that's why it's in that movie. That's why he released it as a single. Like he knows he 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 wrote something fucking dope here. Yeah, this could easily be a Green Day song, and I'd be I'd be stoked. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's almost interesting to if if to have written something this cool and not put it on one of the a big Green Day release, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, because maybe if more people heard it, it would have had more legs. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to know it at all. I think it's a... I, we're just frothing at the mouth here. Always like, oh, I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> but it is. I, I think it's a great it song. It is. It's fine. And, and great message. We talked about it a little bit when we were talking about the film. But just being a young, reckless man who's partying. The party's in my pocket. You know, you're jangling your pills and booze around in your palms. And you're drinking in the night. And like, what a what a, what a vibe. Oh yeah! What a feeling! <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks, Billy, for that. I mean, I think the whole yeah. project's worth it for that. Um, <laughs> big statement! O- big statement! O- overall, Colin Brady, what do you think about what mm-hmm. we talked? What the the ground we covered today? Uh, are, um, are these you know EPs are extended plays? They're just meant to kind of it's, it's yeah. It's, they're not supposed to be the same level as an LP, for sure. right? There's a lot more forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. That said, uh, is but like, were these worth it? You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think so. I think the cover one, I, I think is worth it. But again, that doesn't even have to be an EP. That could be just like what he's doing right now with his No Fun Mondays or whatever it is, mm. where he's releasing a cover every week. You know, Billy Joe. Um, right. But yeah, but yeah, I, I like the the covers EP. The other ones, I'm not like. There's some songs I'm, I'm kind of okay with. I guess if you put Southern Girls on the covers EP, that would fill that one out. And then the other two EPs you could just get rid of, you know. Getting rid of Razor Baby. And uh, Bullets. Bullets. Yeah. I, 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 and I do agree with you, man. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're right. Southern Girls, the only one that kind of is interesting. That is a cover. Mm-hmm. Send it to the covers EP. Mm-hmm. And then and then you're you're good to go. Because... The, the the two Beatles inspired cuts on bullets are, uh, you know, they had been released in some form before, on, mm-hmm. for that play, and it's, I guess it's cool to to put it out in some place. I would just say save that if you're going to release an album, for that. Yeah, yeah. And, just release and, and, the. And then the, it is um, it is recording of the play. Yeah. Right, and then it's released with the knowledge that this is meant to sound like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the whole point of this is kind of we're kind of aping them intentionally, and so it's supposed to be very derivative. But to someone who doesn't know that, I feel like it's a little misleading. Um, 
and yeah. and it's not of the same quality as you would want as as is on love is for losers or devil's kind yeah yeah, yeah. and then and then yeah quick covered zp no problem with that but mm-hmm. you know altogether it's it's harmless so yeah that's that's what it comes down to but i do feel like you know the best songs by the long shot could just be green day songs that replace the shitty green day songs you know, so. <laughs> just saying just gonna that's be honest so true <laughs> So, so you would be like Billy, instead of doing the side project with these songs you're excited about, like work them out with the guys and put it out on a Green Day. Uh, just that's what I'm thinking. Into, yeah, like, the best Green Day record you can. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, let's be real. They they can use any of the any of the best songs he can write right now. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree with you exactly, simply, yeah. simply because uh, I think I like Father of All. I know it's weird to even say that, but I do. But I, I, it is not a perfect album by any stretch. No. And Green Day, I think, in their next projects really need to be infallible. And they need yeah. to put just... Because like, they're, they're trying to be a singles band. And I think to most of their fans these days, they're an albums band. That's exactly how I feel, yeah. They want to be on top 40 radio. It's like, no, dude, like the people who love you Why don't do you care, care about, care about that. that. Yeah. We yeah. would just love to have an album that's so solid all the way through. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to have any like pop production tricks or anything like that, but can just be just fucking great songwriting, mm-hmm. rocking guitar, like the devil's kind where it's like, it's a simple, it's back to basics production and everything, but it just yeah. kicks your ass. It's awesome. Oh yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, all right. That's the long shot, folks. Thanks so much yeah. for tuning in with us. I know we we do tend to ramble about all this dumb stuff, but it you know it's kind of fun. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be here with us still if you didn't like it too. Yeah, if you if you are in fact listening to this right now and have not turned it off hours ago, yeah, you're like okay, sure, <laughs> past the time at least. In mm-hmm. any case, thank you so much for listening to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast, in this case, Longcast. Um, and d- 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 Colin, yes. I think one of I, we classically read a lyric from the songs that we are reviewing that week, talking about. And That's true. I, this is one from Simon and Garfunkel, mm. I Am a Rock, I Am Rock. That I think applies to our very. It's a. This is our very COVID outro. Yes, written this by is Paul Simon. Yeah, I and, agree. And this just is essentially uh, most of the time. I wouldn't be telling you to stay in and do nothing, but I think if there's ever a time, it's right now. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll we'll conclude with these immortal words. I have my books and my poetry to protect me. I'm shielded in my honor, Colin. Hiding in my room, safe within my womb, I touch no one. And no one touches me. I touch no one and no one touches me. Get out there. Be safe. Don't touch no one. Thanks for listening. And don't let them touch you. Amen. Amen.